Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. And you guys have tuned into a special episode of our holiday series here on Neighbors Don't Knock. Philip, how you doing, man? Man, with that holiday music, I'm feeling great. Like, I'm, I'm in the mood now. Doesn't it just does that to you, right? It does. It just lights it all up. It's I perfect. know. I, I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. I know a lot of people say that, and it's kind of um, very um, easy to to fall into that, and everyone to go. It's my favorite time of year, right? But it really is. I love Christmas time. I love all it brings. Whether it's hopefully not too stressful for everybody, but I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful season. And it always reminds us um, of how much we miss and love each other i mean i really i really do i think it brings all of that yeah i think so too and it's funny to hear you say it because like on paper you want it to sound cliche and it just isn't it really is a a wonderful good feeling warm kind of time of year yes i absolutely agree and we are excited for, especially for this episode. So we're, first of all, thank you guys for tuning in to our holiday series. We have so many great things coming up for you guys in this episode. But before we get into that, I want to give out a little reminder here to stop by the NDK store, pick up some good holiday you know, gifts and good swag. We're going to give 25% of all of our net revenue to the charity, the Southern Smoke Foundation, which is giving back to not only people with MS, but also people in the food and beverage industry that are in need during times of crisis. And this is definitely a time of crisis. So that, That's right. Also, this episode, we you guys are going to get a brand new first here on Neighbors Don't Knock. We have an original Christmas story, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that throughout the episode. And we're going to phone home. That's right. We're going to let you guys in on a little bit of our holiday fun and traditions that we've done grown up with and give a call to our folks. I hear from my parents all the time, but I am super excited to hear from your dad. Uh, Likewise, it's kind of like back and forth. We're we're really letting each other in with this one. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So, but to start things off, let's get right into it. Christmas shopping. Have you done your Christmas shopping? I would love to say that I've done my Christmas shopping, but I, I really, I really am behind this year. Christmas, for whatever reason, um, this year has crept up on me in a big way, a really big way. Like this tonight actually is pretty much my first real reminder of, oh, this is actually <laughs> it's, happening. It's, it's Christmas. It's, it's coming. Yeah. Which is hilarious <laughs> because Christmas is thrown up all over my house. I mean, the house is decorated and it's, it's it, well, Your house was decorated before I even had my decorations out. <laughs> I mean, you were like, you you were on it. You guys were on it this year. Preemptive strike. Yeah, I I absolutely believe it. Are you the online shopper most years anyway? I am. So so this year is not really any different. You know, there's a bit of convenience to it for me because I have the opportunity to have packages delivered to my office. So I can keep that sort of... um, the veil of secrecy. Ah, uh, there you go. So anything that comes in, you don't have to worry about having to hide it around the house. Indeed. Was were you always looking for presents as a kid? Like, where your parents hid stuff? Oh, big time. Did they have a? Did they have like a spot? You know, they were really good at hiding. I never found their spot. Oh, really? I never did. We we did have one year. Um, it's a long story. I won't get too far into it. But the short of it is that my my parents thought that one of my babysitters had stolen all the gifts that they had bought for Christmas. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Turns out they just forgot where they put them. So that spot was ruined because once we discovered the gifts, then I knew, you know, that was ah. behind, behind the hot water heater down in the basement. But the uh, otherwise, no, you know, I, I never really, I never figured out where they were hiding the stuff. But, oh, yeah, I would look. I would stay up all night waiting for Santa Claus. I had, like, binoculars and 
you know, I would sneak out of my bedroom but my parents had fallen asleep and try to wait up for him. And little, little Annie orphan Dakota ring. Big and time, baby. <laughs> ready big to go. Time, baby, you know? <laughs> Inevitably, of course, I would fall asleep like on the landing or the staircase or something and <laughs> magically wake up back in my bed on Christmas morning. Oh, at least they, at least they got you in your bed. I mean, we did the same thing. We, we would, my brother, my older brother and I, like, I, I guess once you got a certain age, you stopped looking, right? But we already knew that like the big items or the really like rare items that you were asking for that if you were going to, if you were good enough to get for Christmas were usually hidden in my dad's closet somewhere. Oh, you know so what you, I mean? So you were looking around. You oh were yeah. We were like, but like you had to like really like search and dig, you know, looking back on it, I'm not entirely sure that anything would have actually been ruined had I found any of the big gifts. Like I still would have been so excited. Just to rip a package open, Absolutely, right? right? That feeling of, of opening the package. That's just, it's so special. It's so magical. Okay, so, you know, there's always that impossible gift and we talk about it every year, but I still remember, and, and this had nothing to do with me, but like when Tickle Me Elmo was huge, I don't know why that little guy was so ridiculously hard to get a hold of. I remember when Tickle Me Elmo was huge. Um, I also don't understand why that was so hard. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. To get a hold of. I remember when, um, what were those um, massively collectible little stuffed animals? Like teeny Be- babies, beanie babies or beanie babies? Beanie babies. Yeah. I remember when there were certain beanie babies that people were just adults and children going absolutely bonkers for they couldn't find them anywhere they were sold out like you know the pictures of the major cities with the lines that go blocks and blocks and blocks was, was were furbies was that a was that one of those two or no am i am i making that up i remember something called furbies i don't remember if that was like a hard to find gift or anything i do remember um when i was very young when i was you know i was born in 80 and somewhere in the early 80s i remember the um Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that that yeah. sort of not, like the spinoff of the Cabbage Patch dolls. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I remember a few Garbage Pail Kids being really difficult to track down. Like my buddies got ones and I was all bummed out that I couldn't get them, which may have been that my parents thought they were disgusting. So they were lying to me that they couldn't <laughs> find one. <laughs> they're, they're all out. Sorry, son. You know, actually, you know, the one gift that I really, really wanted, I, I think my, my favorite was probably when I did get. I got a bike one year when I was young and I thought that was pretty awesome. But my grandfather always used to get me like one toy every year, like one for my birthday and like one for Christmas. Right. And it was always something that I was really was into. And it usually was either like Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters or He-Man or something like that. And I remember the Ghostbuster firehouse. That was like the one thing that I was like, I was asking for, for Christmas. And I, it was the one thing I never got. You never um, got the firehouse. I never house. got the firehouse, which is okay. Um, Did your buddies get it? Yes. Could you go play with it? Yeah. All right, so you know that when they spun down the damn pole, they would fall off all the time, right? That platform never worked, so it was a real pain in the neck. Not net. if you put two of them on there at the same time. Oh, it's a balancing act. Yeah, it was a balancing you're, you're act. smarter than I am. <laughs> Either that or your friends had more toys and you could put two of them because we only had the one to, you didn't like to prop the, up You didn't there. use like the Gumby with the Ghostbusters or, like, or you had to like combine like different play toys into your world. So, okay, so you didn't get the firehouse. No, I did not. Do you remember like a, like a blow your little mind, knock your socks off gift that you did get one year for Christmas? I was always just excited um, to open presents and, and see all the things. But when I was in, I guess it was middle school, my dad got me a, a drum set and I was so thrilled and it was just so taken. And it was just like, 
music was so big and my buddy played guitar and we were really into Nirvana at the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm cracking up over here because that's the worst gift idea ever. Your father must have instantly been like, oh, is this, look at his little face. And then two days later, what have I done? <laughs> you know what? The, I ended up having to put him out in the garage and stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, of course, especially if you're doing like the drum intro to Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know, bop, 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 bop. Well, the other thing about that was also when I got the gift, I didn't know he, they wrapped the throne, the, the chair, the drum chair. That's what I got to open. So when I got it, it was like you got like, oh, you know, it's like, it's like giving the kid a, a bell of a bike and be like, the rest of it's coming, buddy. You know, like I was you got like, me a swivel stool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great, guys. So, but no, no, uh, my, my parents have always, uh, you know, tried to make Christmas very special for us. And, and again, we, we talk about all these impossible gifts, but it, it's really not about the gifts. It's just, it is a way for us to show, you know, we're thinking of people and things like that. But we, I, I think that when you get to a certain point, you know, it's, it's more than that. And, and I think to me, as much as I loved it as a kid, I think it's even more exciting now because you're not, it's not about the quantity of gifts and things that you're doing. It's the thought of what you are doing for somebody or getting somebody, you know what I mean? And yeah, to I me, feel that's like, really exciting. I agree with you. I feel like it becomes more magical. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. So how are you doing on the preparation? Are you all like decorated, set up, ready to go? I'm still working. I mean, I know you guys are all set to go, but I am still working on getting getting things done. I I, love my, the... my tree's not done yet. I got about three ornaments on it, but, <laughs> but it's up with lights on it. Let's go, bud. I, I'm working. I, I did bake some cookies, though. Yeah, well done. I got some, I got some uh, chocolate peppermint, peppermint York cookies or whatever that I made from scratch, which I haven't baked in I don't know how long. Ooh, spousal points for you. I know, I know. I I did it for my wife because I know how much she loves, uh, you know, peppermint. And I wanted to do a different, I want to do a different cookie each week if I can leading up to Christmas. I know it's pretty ambitious, but. Ryan, I know your schedule. <laughs> I'll find a way to make it happen, man. That is going to be a little tough. It is. But again, I love it. I love when Christmas is just kind of vomited everywhere, uh, you know. I got Christmas music going all the time. You know, I really appreciate that you looked at me and said, you guys, as if it were me and my wife setting up all of Christmas here in my household, but you know darn well that it is all my wife and not a single bit me. Well, she does a great job. I, I'm going to say I, she I does. enjoy I, w- I would have a cardboard box for a dining room table with a, like a green Christmas tree Sharpie <laughs> drawn on it. That'd be my Christmas if, if I were alone. So, you know, your wife does a great job and I love to decorate myself. But I know my wife, my wife has, our tastes are a little bit clashing. She likes, I don't know, give me, you know, the, I don't know if you want to call it the cheaper stuff, but like, I, I like the typical Christmas type of stuff. And she makes everything beautiful. And, you know, but I'll hang up ornament like, you know, like the leg lamp ornament on the tree and she'll look at it like, uh, no. <laughs> You're all fragile. It yeah. must be Fra- Italian. Fragile. Fragile. Yeah. Or, or she'll be like, oh, that's, that's great. And then all of a sudden I'll come back, you know, I'll walk out of the room and I'll find it on the backside of the tree, you know, the, the, the part that no one will ever see. <laughs> so I came across a um, Mandalorian baby Yoda in the floating character carrier uh christmas tree ornament oh that's right? awesome that's I was awesome gonna, i was gonna jump all over it for you oh man right my first thought was 
his wife will kill me. <laughs> right? Dude, I'd be that would be magical. That'd be she magical. Would kill me. Actually, she loves she loves Baby Yoda. That, I mean, she doesn't even call it by its name. I don't want to for those yeah, of you no that spoilers. don't watch it. Yeah, for those no of you that don't spoilers. watch it, but every time she sees it, she's like, "Baby Yoda." So, so my daughter's a little bit too young to watch that show. She comes across it the other day cuz I happen to be about queuing it up so I could watch it right when she's going to bed and there's this huge full screen wide format you know close up of baby Yoda and she just gets these wide eyes (gasps) daddy what is that and can we have one it was adorable you can you can get a replica of that for like $300 that's not gonna happen Mr. Chambers but thank you so well, we got a great show, great show, guys. Um, yeah, should we get into this? Whose parents should we call first? Yeah, I, I'm thinking, let's start with yours. All right, I'm going to dial him up. Well, hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Hello, Phil. Hello, Goffreys. There's a lot of you now. I'm the is minority. Brian? Is that Brian I hear in the background? That, it is. That it is. is Brian. I tend to always be here in the background. Yeah, I would say that we're multiplying, but the truth is that they multiplied, and that's how you got to get me. So, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So I hope you guys are having a happy holiday. So far, so good. I was shopping online all day, Brian. Ooh, ooh shopping for what? Oh, that's secret. Oh, okay. F- fair enough. Only Santa knows. Ah, Santa knows everything. Something tells me <laughs> that this secret has nothing to do with me, though. It absolutely does not. Now, do you shop for yourself? Do you get your own Christmas presents? Is it gone? Is it been that point when you're just like, you know what? This is what I deserve for Christmas. No, I absolutely oh, no. do not do that. No, it's 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 mandatory uh, Christmas morning, some kind of surprise for all time history. What? <laughs> okay, year. that's I love that actually. What would be your favorite? surprise that you've gotten well my husband has been very good to me over the years but i mean previous years of course there were many little mistakes like the first year he gave me skis for christmas of course i didn't know how to ski so that was not a great gift that was like one of those gifts you throw at them from across the room so it's like giving me a toaster and, and she's not kidding she did throw them at me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a dangerous Christmas right there. It's <laughs> like giving you a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah, that was right up there with the vacuum cleaner. You know, yeah. It's like that scene from oh. Wayne's World. You know, you got me a gun rack. I don't even own a gun. gun. That's right. He, he learned early on those gifts are not appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember things like skis being replaced with uh, more appropriate gifts growing yeah. up. Jewelry, flowers anything but anything but something utilitarian you know that's fair enough i I can't really say that i've ever gotten a vacuum cleaner as a gift or wanted it i do remember when i got socks one year and was very upset my wife gets me socks every year (laughs) and i love them i really do now now you like socks but okay so you guys you're you're into the surprises i love that what has been the most memorable I think all the years when our all of our three children were young and still expecting Santa Claus to show up, and you know those are the you know in a lot of ways the greatest years, the most memorable for me. Every single year we spent our Christmases, even for when our children were growing up in Binghamton North, 
And so for me, I guess it's that time that, you know, the anticipation of going home, which we call home. And Jim and I were both raised in Binghamton, New York. And um, my brother and my sister-in-law, you know, brother and sister, married brother and sister, I should say that, because that makes for a big deal, because we're all really connected. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, we, we look forward to that every year. So this will be the first year in my whole life, and I'm not going to share how old I am, but in my whole life, where I will not be spending Christmas in Binghamton, New York. So it's kind of a sad thing, but um, we're going to make the best of it. You know, next year is a new year. So You know, I think that it's important to clarify with the whole uh, brother and sister, married brother and sister comment, that <laughs> just to be clear here, so for our listeners, my father's sister married my mother's brother. It's a very yeah, interconnected it's family. It's a very interconnected family, <laughs> but it's not quite as toothless as it sounds. All right, That's, I'm just gonna throw it's, that it's, out it's, there. It's right a now. very, it's a very Carrie Fisher moment, like a family <laughs> connected. <laughs> I don't know if we're Kennedys or hillbillies, but we're something. They actually met at the christening for our second son, Robert. Yep. So we're, we introduced them, and it became trouble. So. Yeah, here we all are. You know, you learn a new thing every day. That's news to me. I did not know that they met at the christening. I was assumed it was your wedding. Well, yeah. wow, what a place to oh. meet. No, I mean, christening, and they actually both had other boyfriend girlfriends, and I think they got married a year from the date they met. How do you, <laughs> how do you envision that meeting in a christening? It's like, wow, look at that beautiful baby. You're I, beautiful. Let's make babies. <laughs> I'll have yeah, your baby. They were talking about the little baby. They were talking about the big baby. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. There you go. There's one from years past. Now, okay, I, I've got to, I've been dying to ask you guys this. What was Philip like during Christmas time as a kid growing up? My okay, we're going to outlaw words like obnoxious. <laughs> you mean everything that describes you as a child growing up? Yeah, picture well, me now when I get a really nice scotch. Philip is 10 years younger than his middle than his middle brother, Robert. Okay, and 12 years from Jimmy, his older brother. So needless to say, the older children weren't surprised anymore by Santa Claus. So they were in bed sound asleep and you know raised both at like pretty late night before christmas so they're in bed sound asleep and this kid comes running into everyone's room get up he's here <laughs> and so that was like you know it was hilarious i mean phil really made it fun truthfully i mean i don't know what we would have done if we didn't have the the next you know after your children grow out of being happy that santa claus has come it's so nice to have a younger one around the house who actually just keeps driving it forward. So we actually had a really fabulous time. He was yeah. crazy excited. Well, he extended the joy in a lot of ways, but that was fun. Oh, you, you, you sound, it sounds like a Christmas story waiting to happen. I, I know, I, I'm getting I hear, all like, where's Hallmark? I, I, I hear them calling. I'm getting all flushed out and blushed over here, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath about Hallmark home. <laughs> okay, so, so here's a question that I have, because I'm always curious about this when looking back on, on the holidays, right? Because being a parent myself now, I know that it's, it's a parent's job to make sure that every bit of magic that is the holiday season is experienced by their kids, right? And, and you always work so, so hard, regardless of circumstance, situation. 
it's just what you have to do, right? It's your duty as a parent. So are you buttering me up for gifts for this year? <laughs> <laughs> so just curious. I've been a very good boy. Um, no, so don't say it like that. That's just dirty. It is disturbing, isn't it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's like I'm gonna break out the cavatier. So, but, but I also heard you say duties, and I started snickering. So you there know, you there, there's my inner there child. You go. There's the inner child in you. You know, no, but I remember. I remember one year, for example, when I was a kid, um, I got really, really sick. So I was so excited. And I used to get super sick to my stomach if I smelled coffee. So Santa came and I'm all excited and mom's brewing this big pot of coffee. And next thing I know, we're rewrapping gifts because I made a bit of a mess on Christmas morning. I was like seven or six or something. So you, for you, mom, dad, do you have a particularly embarrassing or like, I don't know, kind of ruckusy memory of a given Christmas, whether it be, you know, when you were kids or whether it be when we were kids or when your grandkids were kids. Like, has anything outrageous happened? I hate to tell you no, but no, I mean, no, basically it was just a pretty normal Christmas. I mean, it, it, that's a silly thing to say, but no, I mean, everybody would tear and peck so crazy and have a great time, but it wasn't as if, I mean, nothing unexpected ever happened. It was just, I mean, I guess it's because of planning. Maybe as a parent, you try to make things as steady as you can and just as enjoyable for everyone as you can. See, so I think see? That's, what our, that's what our Christmases were. Typical youngest kid you over here. I had to be number you. one. My puking all well, over the actually, presents is the most surprising thing. You know, actually, yeah. I've got to tell you one story, though. This is a cute story, and Jack can, Jack can jump on the train. But this is so funny. So the year that Castle Grayskull, was the thing that every single person wanted for Christmas. Every oh, oh yes. We, we, we had that. Watch every, cartoons kid, on the every kid who was, you know, I don't know what year that was. You know, Phil was born in 1980, so it was probably 1984, I think, 1985, something where Castle Grayskull was the biggest gift on the planet. So dad was in the oil business, you know, so he put, couldn't find Castle Grayskull anywhere 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 on the planet so we put a feeler out in the oil industry for anybody that could find him a castle grace call well we ended up sort of with 12 castle grace call and <laughs> wait wait, wait. You, you guys couldn't find you found 12 it was horrible people <laughs> no other, sending, other people found them <laughs> they kept sending us castle grace calls and we kept getting these gifts and so then we had a problem because there was no internet back then. You couldn't just gift them to someone else over the internet or, you know, return them by Amazon. I mean, we literally had to give them away to like the fire department and all these places that were looking for Castle Grayskulls, people who couldn't find Castle Grayskull. So that was one of our big faux pas. That's actually really nice. I, I For a minute, I was just like, oh, that's an extra profit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there was no way to recoup losses back then. Oh, you you had to just sort of give it all away if you got too many of one thing. I'm actually picturing every kid around your neighborhood that your parents gave a Castle Gray Skull to, and then you guys all went out. Hey, guess what I got? Castle Gray Skull. Hey, me too. Yeah, and then and then their parents are all pissed because they're like, the Goffrey's got me a Castle Gray Skull. That sure beats my little pony that you guys left me. Yeah. Thanks for the socks. Yeah. yeah. Look what Santa Claus brought me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I had never heard that story. I love that story. That's hysterical. Yeah, it was really funny. See, I'm picturing like like in today's world, you know, I would 12 of these things, you know, the Castle Grayskulls, the Tickle Me Elmo, whatever it is, the PlayStation <laughs> 5 that, 
is in high demand. The impossible right? gift, the whatever, Im- every year. Yeah, the impossible gift that we've talked about, right? It, you know, in today's world, it'd be like, oh, you want a Castle Grayskull? I can get you a Castle Grayskull. How much you willing to pay? Actually, you know what? <laughs> I bet the Castle Grayskulls now are twice the amount than they were then. So hang on. So how have we not learned that lesson? Because it- I remember when I was a kid, Dad, you and I used to talk about how your G.I. Joes from when you were a kid, let alone your baseball cards, would be worth a fortune, right? Meanwhile, the whole 80s went by, and we're not keeping, like, a box version of every toy that we bought in some storage unit somewhere. Well, what went wrong here? We should, we should have been all over that. It's not, it's not true that we never do it. I still have my Lionel train set. It was given to me when I was five years old for Christmas. Yeah, but you the problem is it runs on whale fat. Run. I used to set it up. Don't remember? I do. I do remember. We should set, we should set it up this year. No, we shouldn't. Well, I, think <laughs> we should. I think we should. It's always an effort to get it to get it running again, but <laughs> it's pretty old, you know. That was 1953. I think that Lionel train ought to be worth enough to cover our retirement. There you go. There you go. That, that's exactly oh, what you need oh, to start looking oh, at. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We saved the wrong things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's yeah. old is new again, right? No, yeah. Brian, if that Lionel train set was worth that, it would be packed up and out of this house tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and hence they be and in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you guys, uh, you're spending Christmas here in Texas, and normally you go back up north. Is there anything new you're going to be doing this year that maybe you haven't done before? Well, I've hired a snow machine. <laughs> you have <laughs> <to> be, No. <laughs> I was no, about I'm, to say, uh, when can I come over? <laughs> I have not. I wish I could, but I have not. Um, just get a shaved ice machine and, like, have someone stand above the door and <laughs> yeah, just, like, exactly. walk back and forth. Exactly. You realize what you've done now, right? I'm going to be standing there shaving ice <laughs> above the door on a ladder. <laughs> as or, long as I can get the experience. Or she really will go rent a snow machine. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be trying to make my mother's famous ravioli recipe that my niece has now taken up that uh, task every single Christmas. And um, since we're not going home to have it there, I'm going to try to make it here in Houston. That ought to be interesting. Okay. You say, in, so everything's handmade from the pasta to this, everything from scratch, right? Or is it? Correct. Correct. Okay. I'm going to eat a little, but they do make handmade pasta and the whole filling and everything. I'm just going to probably not do the dough part. I'm probably going to ask them to give me the dough. And then I'm going to make the filling and the whole deal. Because it's a meat and spinach filling. So it's a different, you know, it's very different. It's very northern Italian. Philippa, is your schedule free to make some dough? Brother, we're available. Let's go. Let's go need that dough. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make a little YouTube video out of it. (laughs) No, I'll be making making the sauce and the meatballs. And uh, uh, Phil's older brother, Jim, has offered to make the meatballs. So we'll see how that's going to turn out. So, Mr. Goffrey, what is your what is your role in all of this while this homemade delicious ravioli is being made? Oh, to uh, make sure every everybody that wants a drink has great <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate this wonderful holiday. You know, he pours a heck of an eggnog. There's no, there's no question about it. I, be- I believe it. Maybe I should give you the um, the uh, was it the Wally Wally World eggnog cups. You know the glasses. No one, no one in my family wanted them. <laughs> so. 
You know, yeah. so a bit of a bit of a backstory here, though, right? Just to fill everybody in on on the Goffrey family Christmas experience. So, growing up, um, my parents, after they met, got married, had my brothers, had me. Christmas got split up into this huge family event where Christmas Eve was really the Irish side of the family. Christmas night was the Italian side of the family. Everyone got together. You're talking 35, 45, 55, sometimes 60 people at these blowout parties, right? So for my folks and for me and my wife to be hanging out here in Texas for Christmas, it is one heck of a change. I never thought about it that way. I mean, you've been going to Binghamton ever since you were born. It is a very big change for you. This will be your first Christmas you know, local. <laughs> it is. And my first Christmas where I'm not shivering my tail off. So you know what? There's a silver lining. Yeah, you can still wear shorts. That's right. <laughs> Christmas morning. <laughs> Walk out in your underwear and still feel, like, <laughs> still feel nice. Doesn't like Christmas in flip-flops. <laughs> the shitter's full. Don't worry. Shitter's full. <laughs> so yeah, I've got, got a question. I've, I've always yeah. wanted to ask this one. So what would you say the biggest differences between Christmas from, let's say, when you were uh, my daughter's age compared to Christmas at her age now? Probably the amount of gifts you get, you know, that children get now versus what we used to get back in our day. Just sort of the abundance and... Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, it was a simpler time of life. So, you know, you were lucky to get one gift under the tree, you know, and usually your stocking stuffers were toothpaste and a toothbrush and an apple. I mean, you know, how about you? I don't know if dad's was any different. It's really kind of a change, change the same as the times have changed. You know, there were, there was no, there were no computers, no internet, you know, and now, you know, that's changing all our lives and it, it changes it for the holidays as well. Do you think that the, the sort of um, grand and immediate nature of it has made kids less appreciative or do you think that the sort of buildup has matched the result in terms of like that they're getting as excited as you did as kids like did you get as excited as as my daughter would for christmas as i did when i was a kid for christmas or was it more a shorter experience no i think we i think we all got equally as excited but um you know it's again it's just if you you can't imagine i think it even at your age filled the different times at christmas time you know in binghamton new york it was often snowing, certainly winter. And um, you'd have Christmas carolers come door to door by all the houses. Um, oh, I miss that. Up and that was just, you know, not just Christmas Eve night or Christmas night, but starting a couple nights before Christmas. Yeah. Night. For a whole, basically a whole week, you'd hear carolers coming down the streets and you'd go out and you'd sing with them. You know, I mean, you, you would, you know, it just was that time. It was just that type of atmosphere. It was sort of like, you know, when you watch those movies, um, Miracle on 34th Street and all of that. I mean, that's exactly the way it was. You know, everyone watched the Macy's Day Parade, you know, and that type of thing. I mean, if you lived in New York, you lived in New York City or whatever, that's what you did every Christmas, you know. Um, Heck, we didn't even live in New York, and I still watch right. it every, right. <laughs> you and know. The whole, yeah, the whole Christmas experience, though, you know, you would go downtown to your local downtown, which was like a little winter wonderland, you know, and have, and you would shop. You would just go into from store to store to store, and every store was decked out for the holidays, different than these stores are now because it was basically a public service event. You know, people really waited on you and really cared about what you were buying, and it was a real celebration. I mean, you you looked forward to Christmas shopping. No, and there and there know? were no shopping malls. 
Right. It She's was going little back local shops. You know, when we were growing up, it's, it was, there wasn't a mall. The shopping mall did concept didn't exist which i which i i i'm a, i hate malls so i love that idea and you know i'm sitting here listening to this and i'm about to start crying because it sounds like a christmas hallmark uh you know holiday uh movie oh, it, was. it was amazing it was amazing what were some it, of the stresses then i mean it sounds picture perfect but you guys have had to have had stresses well, i mean stress was how to buy the presents how to, <laughs> how to pay for what you were buying you know how to buy those presents I am so glad to know that that stress has been universal. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it's back for a lot of people, especially during COVID. You know, it's been a horrible year for so many people. Well, if you were going to, if you were going to be writing your own letter to Santa today, what would you be asking Santa for? I'll let my husband ask her first. I have to say, I I, I can't come. To be honest, no. A new race car is not out of the question. The big guy no, can I, do I, it. it is. You know, I feel that <laughs> we've been, you know, so fortunate in life that, uh, you know, that we don't need anything. I'd rather, I'd rather answer it with something for one of our, for our kids and our grandkids rather than myself. I agree. I just want everybody to be healthy and have a real prosperous and fabulous year. I mean, that's what you want for your children and that's what you want for all your friends. I mean, that's what everybody should be hoping for this year. I hear that. Mom, Dad, thank you so much for letting us get you on the horn here, get you on the air and pick your brain. It's super fun to hear your voices. We're going to, I think, uh, call Brian's father next and see see what he has to say about the holiday antics he's been into. Okay. Thank you for inviting right. us. We had a good time. Thank yeah. you, guys, and happy holidays. Hopefully, uh, we get a chance. To, I get a chance to see you guys soon. Man, I enjoyed talking with your folks. That was great. That was fun. Yeah, that was. Uh, there were some things that I never knew. I teared up a little bit, man. They're it getting all sentimental ve- in their older age. It was a very hallmark feeling right there. I was, I was loving it. I, um, I really hope that they have a great Christmas and you guys have a great Christmas as a family. Well, we might have to go show up at their house caroling now. So I know. I that, you know what? That's so exciting because I almost brought that idea up to you. I was like, every time I come over and see the guitars, I'm like, dude, we can just get a guitar and walk out and just walk down the street and just carol. You have no idea how <laughs> impossible it would be for me to avoid the temptation of messing with every song. <laughs> well, you know, Weird Al had to start from somewhere. You there know? you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, now that we've had a chance to visit with your folks, I'm going to get my dad on the phone. He's graciously agreed to allow me to give him a call. So let's get him up on the phone right now. All righty. Dad, how are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you? It's nice to hear you phone home. Yeah, I know. I Well, this year I won't be able to come visit you guys. I know because you guys are in Dallas, and I usually always travel home, but this year unfortunately not. Uh, but what, what do you guys have planned? I know things are a little bit different. Yeah, they're going to be different. Um, but, I mean, we're going to do kind of the same thing. Um, you know, we'll still have family. Your brother's coming in, Corey is coming in, Tara are coming in from Phoenix. So they'll be here. And they weren't here last year since they had just gotten married. So uh but you and Nick both won't be here. Nick just had their fourth baby, so they're kinda hunkered down and uh, trying to stay coronavirus free. And so we won't see them until sometime probably well after Christmas and, uh, but TJ will be down here with his kids and 
and we'll have some, you know, a couple of friends over and, you know, so we'll do, we'll do lots of cookies, lots of desserts, lots of, uh, lots of food. And for um, those of you at home trying to keep count of, of how many siblings that, that I have, um, you know, post up and see from that little soliloquy if you can tell me how many siblings I have. Yeah, it's really fun for me hearing Mr. Chambers go on this list because it sounds like we're talking about 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> it is. It is. He's the 101st. No, he's actually the 102nd. <laughs> TJ is the 101st. So, no, so we have Brian's number two. He's the big number two. Uh, his brother is two years older than he is, and then uh, he has uh, five siblings beneath him. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a zoo. Um, but hey, Dad, we were we've been talking uh, on the show kind of about uh, Christmas traditions and and things that we've kind of become accustomed to growing up. But I, I was always kind of curious, and I loved always hearing stories. What about you? Did you have, you know, growing up like specific traditions or things that you loved about Christmas before, you know, you and Ma had had kids? You know, it, it was interesting because when when I was growing up, um, my older brother and I had to Uncle Dennis had to get the Christmas tree because if we didn't get the Christmas tree, we weren't having a live Christmas tree. So it was up to us to go out and get it. That meant either cut it down, find it, buy it, or whatever, and get it home, get it in the stand, get it in the house, and decorate it. So you know, where where was this? This was back in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, the mistake on the lake. When I grew up, <laughs> we called it the mistake on the lake. And the where, where, where winters burn. are nice and, and where very... Where winters are nice and winters are, are good to get away from. <laughs> So you and your brother are just completely freezing your tails off, trying to go hunt down some tree to bring home shopping. Exactly. And it was always snowing and it was always, you know, so it was always a, a, a big deal. And you're talking and about that, like kids, kids, right? Like you're chopping this thing down and, and dragging it or taking on a sled oh, yeah. or something. Like, like how, how old no, when you no, say no. that, like teenagers or. Oh, no, no, we, we started doing that. My brother and I started doing that. Uh, oh shoot. Before we were teenagers back, you know, probably we were eight, nine years old. We would we would go out and you know we would drag we would drag a relative or we'd drag my dad my dad not usually but we'd, sometimes we drag my mom you know she wasn't real big into into cutting down Christmas trees you know and uh, but uh, sometimes we'd we'd grab a relative and we we'd go and we'd get multiple Christmas trees. Yeah. I love this. My daughter's not quite eight, but she's close and I don't let her cut her own bread. <laughs> let alone yeah. the tree. Here, here's an ax. Go. Times go, go, go. Changed a little bit. I, I have to tell you a really quick, funny, funny story. When we were up in Alaska and we've been, we've been, we moved, I think this is the ninth time in Dallas, but when we were up in Alaska and we had Brian and TJ and, uh, they had this little program. It was kind of like romper, the old romper room. You know, I'm really dating myself now. And they brought little kids on on the show. And they asked them what, what they did at home and what their parents let them do. Well, TJ told them that, that I was building a deck and he was allowed to – and he was five years old, mind you. And he was allowed to use the circular saw and the jigsaw. And he, he had his own set of hammers. So Hello, child know. services. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But, but, you know, we always had a Christmas tradition because we always decorated the house. When I was growing up, 
we we would put Christmas lights on, and it would be typically in the snow and the freezing weather. And so it, it was always interesting. And we were on ladders, and sometimes we slid off roofs, you know. But uh, I continued that tradition once I got married. And, you know, that brings me to a story about Brian. So when we were in, when we were in Houston, we always we always decorated the house, not because it was you know a big deal to do, but because we liked to do it and and it was the holidays and it was festive and so I, I always decorated the house. I still remember that large Santa head that was in an anchorage that you put in the middle of the house. That's true. I, I do anchorage, remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anchorage was I was up on the roof. I fell off the roof in Anchorage, but luckily I fell into like an eight foot snowpack, you know, so I didn't hurt myself. But I, I never I, knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. Did you did you ever tell Ma? Oh, yeah. Your mother saw me. She was like, uh. <laughs> it was like, no, but she can't do anything. <laughs> but I also had to shovel off our roof in Anchorage because we had so much snow. So. But this is back in, you know, when we moved to, to Houston, we continued the tradition of putting up lights. And, you know, the subdivision had a contest every year for who had the best set of lights. Well, we never did it for the to win the contest. But one year, Brian said, I'm going to win the contest. I, I, said, I, I remember okay. this now. I, I'm remembering this. OK. I said, OK. And Brian was always the idea man. And his brother behind him, Corey, was a little bit taller than he was, and he was always the carpenter of the family. And when he says a little bit taller, it means like a foot and a half <laughs> taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Brian has this idea, and I had no idea what it was, and they go, can I borrow your credit card? And they go to— I Couldn't do it on my, on my budget. They go to Sears <laughs> and come home— with a jigsaw, I didn't have a jigsaw. They broke my jigsaw. But I had a circular saw and all this lumber. I'm going, what are you doing? Okay, Phil, I'll give you three guesses what they built. I don't think I can guess one thing. Okay. It was a Santa outhouse. <laughs> you heard me correctly. A Santa outhouse. Brian, was this, was this, this your idea? Structure. This was my it was idea. Brian's idea. And Brian, Brian, he went and got all the stuff for Corey, and Corey built it. I, I just, I knew the materials. I just, I needed a, I needed a handyman. The idea, man. I needed the handyman. And, Mr. Chambers, so I'm going to tell you right now, y'all spend too much time in Alaska. <laughs> I know. So, they, this thing was about six and a half feet tall. Oh, well, it, it, oh yeah, it was, it was, was life, it was life big, size. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Not for elves, and, not for use of and elves. It, and it had a three-quarter, like, you know, the, the old saloon door that, you know, I so it wasn't it. a full door on it. And on the, on the uh, when you looked at it, there were Santa's boots on the floor of the outhouse. So it looked like he was Along using it. Along with the roll of toilet paper and the, a Santa pair of red pants rolled down on top of the boots. <laughs> really good. And on, on the top, it said Santa's outhouse. They were so proud of it when they got down there. He goes, we are going to win. So the night they were out running around the neighborhood, the, the neighborhood committee looking at all the houses, you know, Brian's like, he's waiting by the door. Well, about 8.15, the doorbell rings. 
it's these three folks from the neighborhood association and they have a little uh, peanut tray and they said, congratulations. That was the most unique display of Christmas that we have ever seen. The word got around the neighborhood. People drove all over the, the subdivision to see Santa's outhouse. And of course we had a spotlight on it. So Oh yeah, it had like it floodlights was... on the ground. So it's like you yeah. couldn't you couldn't miss so you it. You couldn't miss it. <laughs> you couldn't miss it. Poor Santa's just trying to relieve himself and get a break. Exactly. And you guys you are know? like X Files on yeah. this thing. Hey, well, you know, when you're the big guy, a spotlight's always on you. <laughs> That's tremendous. I love that. The only yeah. thing I should have well, had was some music playing. You know what sure. I mean? Like I should oh, no, see. There were so many upgrades that we could have done, but you know, given the budget, we we kind of went over. For- yeah. now, now you just have like a I got huge my robotic. Card. I get my credit card receipt. Go, oh, this is interesting. You I'd know, have, you'd have like a huge robotic cousin Eddie pointing at me. Shatter's full. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So hang on. So so they they go off with your credit card and they go off and they buy lumber and you said a jigsaw. Yeah, we had a jigsaw. Okay, how did they break the old jigsaw? That goes back to Halloween. And Brian was always, he always wanted the front door to have some kind of Halloween theme. Fair. Well, some they, things never change. Some things never change. And so, you know, he's got this idea. All of a sudden, all my stereo wire disappears and he's got, he's got the, the ghost going through. He's got a tape recorder. It, with it the was ghost. the haunted house that I built. And we talked about yeah. this. Oh, you remember yeah. when the haunted Full house? Circle. So, so yeah. he broke it. He broke it on that. I'm going, Okay, and I had to take that down to boot. Well, in, in all in all fairness, we were trying to do something with it that we shouldn't have been doing. Like, we needed an actual saw, and we figured that this would work, and it didn't turn out well. See, but again, this is how different 2020 is compared to even just one generation ago, right? Because I'd be doing oh, the yeah. same thing with my father's tools. I grew up in a race car garage, right? So there's all kinds of goodies to get into. My dad would come home and be like, wow. Good thing you didn't lose your fingers on this one, but damn, I'm proud of you, boy, <laughs> right? I know. And now it'd be like, you can't touch that. You have to go to, you know, training first for oh, I know. learning about the my jigsaw's emotions. Yeah, exactly. Going, Where, how did my t- That's a good Christmas story. And we always have a live, I've been married 42 years, and 41 of those years we've had live Christmas trees, including this year. The first year we couldn't because my wife and I lived in an apartment. But when we lived in Sugarland, we had a, before we renovated our house, we had a living room that had a 20-foot ceiling. So the last year before we were doing renovations, I got a 16-and-a-half-foot Christmas tree. You know how big the stump is on a 16-and-a-half-foot Christmas tree? Well, I grew up near Rockefeller Center, so. Four guys to bring it in. He's only, I, I will say this, Dad, you were the only person I ever knew who had a tree guy. Yeah. <laughs> in in yeah. Houston, Texas. <laughs> and he, and he, had, he would save me the trees every year. He'd go, oh, I got your tree back here. So I love Christmas. I'm, I'm, I always loved that, too. That was always one of my favorite things growing up was that we always, we did always have a real tree. In fact, I was, when I was talking, Dad, when I was talking to you earlier, I, Philip, I even asked him, I said, hey, you know, with not as many people around, are you guys getting a real tree? It was almost like a cardinal sin. Like, what? 
you know, like I was bit my head off. I was like, yeah, of course we're getting a real tree. You yeah, know, you like, wash your mouth. That was soap, <laughs> exactly young man. Right. Yeah. See, I'm going right back to a Christmas vacation in my mind where I'm picturing the squirrel jumping <laughs> out of this thing, <laughs> landing on someone's head. <laughs> but dad, I, I want to ask you this because it's always been something I've always been curious about. What were some of the things that were a little more stressful. I mean, I, I guess from the sounds of it, it sounds like it was always really great for you guys, but was it, Oh, what were the things that stressed you guys out the most? Just the, the, the things that, that, that stress you out the most are just the, the compressed time frame that you're trying to get everything done in, you know, and, and when you have, when you have seven kids and you're trying to get something for everybody. And, uh, oh, by the way, Phil, what we had, him, we always had him do is, they, they all had to write a letter to Santa. And if your letter from Santa didn't get in by a certain time, you got a lump of coal. <laughs> and one year, guess who got a lump of or coal? Or socks. And it's stocking. Yeah, or underwear. Yeah, there you go, underwear. <laughs> Tell me it's my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> it's your co-host. That's awesome. I hope you put the coal in the underwear just to get the extra laugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why are these he black? Like, What's this? <laughs> What's that smell? Are these, are these used? <laughs> <laughs> the shitters that full. Was the only thing. Yeah, just trying to get everything done for you know that big a crew, and you know we always had on Christmas night, not Christmas Eve, but Christmas night, we always had kind of an open house where we had neighbors, friends, cohorts from work. Uh, Etc. All stopped by. We had we always had ham and tamales, which are, and then we'd have my wife would make gazillion cookies. She homemade cheesecake. Everything was always homemade. Homemade pumpkin bread. You know, and so we'd have 30, 40 people come through on Christmas night. Actually, I, and, I still remember that was probably one of my favorite parts because we were all exhausted. I still I always remember getting exhausted you know, because you're up early or whatever, and then everyone just kind of veges out. But then, like, you you have to get ready for that night. And even when we got older, you know, when you went to college and you're in high school, you, your friends, our friends would come by. So not only was it my, oh, yeah. my parents' friends and their, you know, it was just this massive gathering. And it always made me feel really good to think about all the people that just wanted to come by, even though they had other, you know, family things and stuff going on. So one one year... When uh, Brian, uh, Brian and TJ, they had um, they started a poker game about ten o'clock at night. And they were playing penny poker at the kitchen table. Well, I went to bed and I got up the next morning because I had to go to work. And guess who was still playing penny poker at the kitchen table? Yeah, well, I, well, TJ was uh, he he was dumping change out of like old mugs and stuff to try to stay yeah. in the game <laughs> at that point, but. But, you know, you got a lot of pennies lying around. You can make a game last for a very long time. I'm just picturing you so, all burnt out. Look, you cheating me, TJ. Yeah. So lots of Christmas memories. Lots of Christmas. Christmas is always a time for all the family and, and memories. And, and so it, it's always been that way. We continue to try and do that. So, like I say, this year be a little different with the COVID. But, you know, we'll continue to keep all the traditions alive and, and keep things going. Well, dad, I, before we let you go, I, you know, when you were growing up, was there ever, what was your, your favorite Christmas gift that, that you got as, as a kid? My favorite Christmas. Gift. I don't think I've ever asked you this. My favorite Christmas gift was a three speed bicycle. 
because I had one of those old, you know, bikes that had had no speeds, had the big fat tires, and had um, coaster brakes. And riding that around, you got awfully tired. So one year, my brother and I both got three-speed bikes. We thought, three speeds? Wow, this is cool, you know? And uh, that was that was one of one of my my favorite things because then because we rode everywhere we didn't you know we didn't have uh, like if we had baseball practice softball practice soccer practice football practice we had to ride our bikes because both both you know uh, my parents worked and so uh, you know we were uh, we were kind of the you know some of the original latchkey kids. But you know, when we had a bike, we could we could bike. And then when we got older, we didn't tell Nana this, but we hitchhiked, which you don't do today. <laughs> Was there anything that you guys did that you that that Nana caught you doing at Christmas that you weren't supposed to be doing? No, not typically, because there was there were five of us, and and Christmas in Cleveland was we always went down with my mother's family because she was one of 10 and they'd all get back together and they'd run out of school. And, and I think there were 25 cousins and first cousins. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like a school buffet. And then we'd play basketball in the gym because we had the, we had the school cafeteria rented out. So, you know, that was, that was kind of our memories of uh, growing up on Christmas. Well, I want to thank you for joining us um, and for sharing with all of our listeners some of uh, my doings of Christmas, but also, you know, to to walk down. It was some really uh, interesting things to hear and, and some wonderful things to, to kind of reminisce about. Well, it's fun. I enjoy it, and I enjoy the podcast, and so I, I enjoy listening to them. Well, so, thank you for listening. So keep it up. My pleasure. Well, thank you, Dad. And uh, I will call you guys soon, and I will phone home again. But we want to wish you guys all a happy and Merry Christmas. Indeed. Same to you, Phil. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. Have a Christmas. great holiday season. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy. All you right. Too. You too. Bye, Dad. Okay. Bye-bye. Dude, your dad's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, he he thinks he thinks so. <laughs> no, I I love my dad. He he he's great. Yeah, man, it was super cool to hear hear those stories and and go down, you know, your childhood memories. It just sounds it sounds lovely, frankly. I I can't complain. I I had a I had a wonderful I still have a wonderful family and I had a great childhood growing up. So, it was you know, it was great to reminisce. You know, that does bring us to our own original childhood story. I I love that. How cool is it? So to our listeners, we are deeply fortunate and so proud to have an original childhood Christmas tale written by the very talented Michael Weems, performed only here on Neighbors Don't Knock. Christmas Miracles by Michael Weems. Are you here for the story? Well, grab a seat. I'm Clara. Tonight we're reading from a best-selling book, Christmas Miracles. Tonight's story features, well, me. 
To be honest, my story didn't start off immediately as a miracle. In fact, it was pretty dramatic right up until... I won't spoil it. All I'll say is that it wasn't my fault. I had no idea that Santa Claus fell that far. Okay, calm thoughts. <laughs> Let's take this back to the beginning. Like I said, I'm Clara. I'm seven going on eight years old. I'm an A-plus student at Montgomery Elementary, and I've got the best overhand serve of any girl or boy at the Deerton Tennis Club. What happened was unfortunate. I'll give you that. But so far, you've only gotten Santa's side of the story. Don't get me wrong. I adore the big guy. He's come through mega from 2016, 2018, and 2019. But now, the local newspaper has called me the Ice Queen. Can you believe that? Okay, I'm getting worked up again. Here's my side, for what it's worth. Setting the scene. It's Christmas Eve morning. We've got a full house for the holidays. Aunts, cousins, friends, you name it. Everyone's bustling about. Last minute Christmas shopping, wrapping gifts, watching holiday movies, lots of eating. You know what I'm talking about. The night before, we got about a foot of snow. Awesome, right? That's what I thought too. Until Grandpa Jones calls out, Guess Santa won't get to land on the roof. Too slippery. Dad said he was being silly and to ignore him, but I couldn't get that thought out of my head. What if he was right? Among all the busyness, no one seemed to notice when I climbed up to the roof and shoveled it perfectly clean of snow. It took me three hours, too. I even put up a sign. Santa, park here. I used my neon glitter marker so he'd be sure to see it. And that was the last I thought about that. Job done. Fast forward to the evening and the temperature dipped really cold. We have a great dinner and everyone's winding down with a movie. I'm struggling to stay awake, but I don't want to be called a little kid again this year. So I make it through the movie leave out some milk and cookies for Santa and his reindeer, and fall asleep soon as my head hits the pillow. It was like that perfect sleep. Your belly is full, you're warm, and there's so much to look forward to in the morning. Perfect, right? Crush! Boom! Bang! Car alarms! Sirens! Everyone running in every which direction! I sit up in my bed. And soon, I'm running to the driveway to figure out what's going on. Apparently, a fresh sheet of ice had formed on the roof, and Santa and the gang hit that full speed and whoosh, slipped right off. Donner ended up in the neighbor's pool. Blitzen had a safe landing. He took out a few snowmen, but he was mostly fine. Rudolph ended up on the roof of the local diner and still won't come down. The sleigh splintered into thousands of pieces and took out the Wilson's manger. But not before Dasher took out the sweet baby Jesus. Dancer and Prancer apparently said adios and kept on flying to somewhere that was a little more them. And Cupid put a pretty good dent in the new sports car Dad had gotten for Mom. Still had the bow on it, too. The other reindeer were mostly scattered, 
but in good spirits. And then there's Santa. Apparently, there's a few video cameras and drones that caught him doing a perfect double flip, falling straight through the Munro's yard onto their trampoline, which catapulted him into a very, very high up pine tree. Other than a ton of sap and scratches, it seems okay. Look, had I known what one innocent little gesture would have done, I would go back and change things. There was some damage, but at the end of the day, it brought our neighborhood together on Christmas morning. We barely know some of the neighbors' names, and some we don't know at all. If all of this wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't have met the Cohens, who are Jewish but enjoyed the show all the same. We also wouldn't have learned how the O'Neills hadn't celebrated the holidays in years, but were happy to accept our invitation for brunch. There was laughter and smiles and people working together to solve problems like how to excavate Santa, who happens to be quite afraid of heights. Mom and Dad knew I was trying to help, so I didn't get into too much trouble. And I still got my new tennis racket, just a bit delayed. The moral of the story is, we all have gifts. Mine happens to be that I'm a helper, and sometimes help comes in the least expected form. Oh, did you know that apparently nothing gets sap out of a white beard? <laughs> Happy Holidays! Christmas Miracles by Michael Weems Voiced by Natalie Nassar That was so good. I know, right? It, it really, it, it makes you really think about all the stuff that as a kid you were trying to do. Oh man, that was so, that was so well done. Huge shout out to Michael Weems for bringing that story to us. Big shout out to Natalie Nassar for narrating that. I, she, she nailed the character. That was, that was a real joy. No, oh, no, I, I, I loved it. And if you guys have a holiday tale, you know, let us know, post up. We always love hearing those. Um, you know, I, I'd be happy to to read a couple of more holiday tales. It'll just put me in the mood. Absolutely. And and big thank you to our parents. Big thank you to Mr. Chambers and mom, dad, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on the show. Reminder to our listeners, please do stop by NDK's merchandise store. We've got great deals going on right now for the holiday merchandise and 25% of our revenue is going to go to that great, great cause, the Southern Smoke Foundation. Let's do it for people in need. I also want to let you guys know that next week's going to be just as special. Part two of our holiday series is going to be next Friday, and we have a special guest coming to the show. So you're going to want to join us. We have the talented and the amazing Jamie Teton that'll be joining us. She's going to be performing a song right here on Neighbors Don't Knock. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be fabulous. So we will see you guys next week. Next week.